I'm Matt Swain, and you're listening to the Reimagining Communications podcast, where we discuss the opportunities and challenges facing companies on the road to optimizing their communications for the future. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Lisa Meath, who is Managing Director and Practice Lead of the Communications Consulting Business at Broadridge, and my counterpart in the business. Lisa, thanks for joining today. Thanks, Matt, for having me here today, and I'm excited to be a part of this conversation, as well as to be a part of the Broadridge team. Thank you. I know you've been doing consulting for some time, but you also have extensive private industry experience related to communications management and digital transformation initiatives. Yes, I've had significant years in the industry through the ranks of the provider side, as well as the ad agency side of the business. This has afforded me the opportunities to see the latest and greatest in innovations, as well as services in the industry. It's also had me provide the opportunities to go to the consulting side and be able to work across multi-verticals with our clients on solutions and services that are helping them evolve in today's environment from traditional print through digital communications. Excellent. So talk to me about the last 10 years. How, how have client needs evolved relative to communication strategy, technology assessments, and the incidence of outsourcing? Sure. So a couple of trends. Print, as we all know, remains a necessary requirement in communications today be it transactional, regulatory, or marketing. I call it the necessary evil. You're still going to have print, even though we are moving to more of the digital communications environments. In that capacity of traditional print, however, clients are looking how to be more streamlined in their processes, overall efficiencies, as they drive for this digital delivery. Clients are also continually looking for opportunities to reduce costs and optimize their overall print environment, be it related to the actual tangible print and the number of pages being printed, as well as reduction in postage costs. There's also an incidence of continual outsourcing of traditional implant print operations in client environments. This is due to a multitude of reasons. Print is not a core business of an organization, traditionally. Obviously, us as a provider, it's the nature of our business. But across other verticals, insurance, financial services, utilities, print, as we know it, is not something that's a core to their operations. There's also the opportunity for increased costs and process efficiency through consolidation of those operations and sourcing that to providers that have that true capability. It helps eliminate any major capital expenses on outdated equipment. A lot of the operations that we go into and review, equipment's coming to end of life or there's software that may be required to be able to meet some of the omni-channel experiences that the environments do not have the capital to invest in. And then there's the overall be able to utilize Providers are best-in-practice companies. As I stated, print is not a core business of organization, but the latest in technologies, document digitization, and e-delivery are by the providers in the industry. And so companies moving towards that outsourcing are able to take advantage and afford those opportunities of the latest technologies. Yeah, I think it's interesting looking at the world of outsourcing for communications, whether it's the, the print or the digital. We've seen a big increase in outsourcing in recent years. Mm-hmm. And when I was with InfoTrends, I was focused on the the shift from in-house to outsource mm-hmm. print, as an example. And we kind of looked at it as this like last great wave of outsourcing mm-hmm. from an outsourcing or a service provider's perspective in that there were still a lot of companies holding on to that printed communication that really couldn't cost justify retaining those services in-house whether it was because they had a capital investment coming up, Mm -hmm. that they had a team that was 
close to retirement and and they hadn't trained a new team up to lead that division. But also just the overall volumes were coming down so that Mm -hmm. the value of keeping that in-house was not the same as it used to be. Correct. Yep. And and you also had this shift where as a big peer of a company decided to outsource, whether it was an insurance space or banking, financial services, then everybody would say, well, if they don't feel like they have to keep this in-house for privacy or regulatory or other reasons, then why do we keep it in-house? And so there's also this, this shift where a lot of companies didn't want to be the first to move to a more transformative model mm-hmm. for their industry. And now we're seeing some of those holdouts really kind of poking at the desire to move to mm-hmm. an outsource model. Yeah, I definitely see that. There's fewer and fewer organizations that still have the traditional implant print-to-mail operations due to the reasons that you had mentioned from both the InfoTrends days as well as some of the assessments that we see in today's you know environment when we're out meeting with clients. And you've spent a lot of time actually doing those assessments, mm-hmm. going in to help validate that something should stay in-house or also make the case for why it should be outsourced and, and actually helping companies go through that RFP process as well. Correct. I like to term ourselves as forensic accountants. When we go into a client environment, we're able to really uncover all the costs that are associated with that internal operations. And there's a whole layer that sometimes is not taken into account when internal folks are looking at it. It's, that, it's, that, it's basically that subjective agnostic third-party view that we bring to be able to really analyze all the, all the tangible costs that are associated with the print operations from the resources to the, the facility, the infrastructure, and to be able to identify, one, what the current state analysis of the spend is, but also, you know, what would it be to retain that? So if they were going to continue to keep that implant print operations, the investments that would be required to meet the the needs of the the business requirements for the delivery of the transactional or the marketing communications that are produced through there to keep up with the technologies. Right. So we look at a couple of different scenarios. One, what would be to source the operations and one, what would be to retain the operations. And I would have to say basically nine and a half out of 10 times, it always sways towards why it should be sourced versus retained. And so we're able to help the clients with the validation of that decision-making process. And it really ties down to some of the points that you were making. The three buckets of the uh, the old adage of people, process, and technology, Mm -hmm. but it really does come down to that. The technologies, be it dated, the people, the retirement age, or they're not the right resources, especially if they're implementing different softwares and applications that don't have that skill set in-house. And then the processes. Most of them are not as automated processes and the investments that would have to be associated with those processes to, to maintain a, a very robust environment. When you conduct those assessments, are there some common areas for improvement that you uncover? Are there inefficiencies that are common to a lot of operations that people should be looking to identify and, and solve for? Yes. Actually, in the, in the cases where we are brought in to help improve the, the environment, if, it's, if a decision is not to source that operation, uh, we definitely look for opportunities for process improvements and, and process efficiencies, reducing the manual touches, automating processes. And what it comes down to is basically from order entry through fulfillment. Anywhere along that process, it's how to take each of those steps and how to ensure that any solutions that are being implemented, workflow solutions, 
uh, so that you reduce the number of a manual touches associated with that. It increases time, it increases error. And so if we can take those out of an operation, we can try to make it as viable as possible to streamline the communications that are put through it. And when you're doing a technology assessment, you're probably also getting a chance to say, you can choose to outsource this work, but also there are just some software and process and workflow inefficiencies, Mm -hmm. redundancies, silos. Yes. Can you speak to the technology road mapping that you've done in the past? Absolutely. So a lot of the cases that we go into were brought in because the the client environment wants to improve their customer experience. They want to look at ways to provide more of an omni-channel environment for their Mm -hmm. communications. And so the interesting thing on this is that really um, when we go in to look at these improved experiences, you really need to look at the backbone of the environment. And that's around the communications platforms, the content management systems, the asset management systems, and how are all these functioning? And, And to your point, when we go in, there are disparate systems, they're homegrown and bolted solutions, they're redundant processes, there's redundant resources. You may have the business unit handling one aspect of, say, some of the composition, but you also have a shared services group that's also doing right. some you know, uh, work efforts against that. So you're having duplicity, not only the resources, but the licenses, the infrastructure itself. So when we go in, we do a, a thorough assessment of all the integrations be it internal or external, of the softwares, how they're being leveraged, what the license costs are associated with it, what the resources that are allocated to it, and do an overall analysis of that environment. So for one example, we did with a uh, large global financial investment company. They wanted to be a leader in their market on customer experience. They brought in our consultancy expertise to gain a clear understanding of their value stream. So mm-hmm. how is the document created and how is it, it through, through fulfillment? And so we went in and assessed overall the processes, the infrastructure, and the softwares associated with that. The amazing thing that came to bear on this is because of the fact of us being kind of that agnostic third party, we were able to go in and have interviews and look at all the different workflows and all from everywhere from the business unit throughout. And we uncovered at least an additional $6 million in annual spend for Mm. the software and resources that the client was not aware of all that extra cost associated, in addition to the fact that they had over 60 different resources supporting the disparate systems. So all of this led to the fact of, wow, we have cumbersome activities occurring to try and produce. So we were able to go in and design a simplified and streamlined solution that helped reduce the internal costs streamline and have the resources focused on other work activities and improve the overall customer experience. We were able to save a significant amount of money, about $5 million annually on their spend, on just optimizing all of their infrastructure. Wow. So you, you mentioned $6 million in excess for mm-hmm. software and 60 people mm-hmm. running these disparate systems. So is part of the lack of realization because they're all siloed? Everybody is pulling from their own budgets and paying for those software licenses from different parts of the organization. So it really took you coming in to do that roll up Mm -hmm. and show them the redundancy in the system? Yes. It was basically an aha moment, to be honest. When we went in, because we had the opportunity to access all the different areas, 
that traditionally weren't looked at. It was siloed. So when we went through, we did a, a overall assessment of all the different potential touch points that were associated with the communications. So where would they be driven from? Were they driven from the different business units? Were they were they driven from some of the IT functions? Were they were they driven from the back end at the print side mm -hmm. of the house? So where was all the different parts of the solutions occurring, and what who was touching them? And so what we then did was able to develop basically an overall map, which uh, to this day I said could take up a whole wall of a, <laughs> of a right. very large conference area of all the different workflows that were associated and all the different softwares that were associated. And so I think the, the idea of us being that third party being brought in to look at that gave us the opportunity to uncover information that the, the client even commented in a meeting is like, we've been trying to get our hands on that information. We didn't even, you know, didn't even know where to start in their organization. So it, it brought us being able to come in to basically tick and tack all the pieces together to to derive what their current state really looked like. Right. And, and the irony of that is is that so often companies are reticent to use consultants to try to uncover those types of things. Mm -hmm. You know, we've always been trying to figure it out, but we just don't have the resources. We don't have the money to do mm -hmm. it. But when you go in and do it, mm -hmm. you said you, it resulted in $5 million of savings. Yes. So you, you can you can justify the value of the consultant going in to, to undertake that exercise. Yes, I agree. On average, we find a save across the board, be it print optimization, vendor consolidation, sourcing of operations, or improvement in overall backbone of the communications environment at a minimum of 20%. We're going to find save just because of the way the processes are done, the way the infrastructure has been built. Over time, any company has silos and any yeah. company has redundancies, duplicative software. So there's ways of being able to go in and identify that. And I think the ROI of being able to bring in a consultative view that does not have any direct interest within a company. So we're not there looking out for our department or we're not looking out for our maybe our homegrown solution that our team might have built. We're yeah. going in there with a whole open-minded perspective of looking at the environment for just overall benefit to meet the client objective, be it cost takeout or be it process improvements or improved customer experience. You know, I think back to one of our previous episodes with Chunka Moy, and, and he, he said, think big, start small, mm -hmm. and fail fast. Mm -hmm. And... I wonder in your world what think big would be and then where you'd start small or recommend an organization start small. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they they don't fail at all, but if they do <laughs> fail, where, where they fail fast. In regards to the communications, if we stay on the communications customer experience piece of it, I think think big. When looking at a client environment, I think it's critical to understand where they want to be with their communications. Where if, are they moving to complete digital adoption? Are they, you know, do they want to remove print as at some juncture outside of any kind of regulatory print that they would have to do? So understanding whether the future state is critical because there's it's difficult to solution to one year out. You want to be thinking a couple years out on where you see your communications environment going with your customers, how you want to be viewed by your customers, how you want to interact with your customers, the preferences available that you want to be able to deliver to your customers and be able to, to make sure that they you can interact with the way they want to interact with you. 
I think that it's important to think big long-term. And we, when we work with our clients, we always try to push to say, where do you want to be visionary? Okay, that's good. Then we back in to start doing a phased approach to get there because you can't go and boil the ocean and expect success <laughs> out the gates. Right. So we always, we look and when we roadmap our strategy with the clients, we definitely look out future forward uh, and then show it as a phase gate approach on how to then get there. And that may be evolution of resources internally. It may be the evolution of the so software. So we may start off with this component of the software, but this might be an integration point that we want to build on in phase two. And so so different paths based on the requirements. You had mentioned at the front end of that that some companies think big in saying they want to be paperless or increase mm -hmm. paperless. And we often hear that desire to, to get customers to 100% paperless. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we also hear when an organization comes to us to talk about paperless initiatives, they might also be talking about the paper inside their organizations. Mm -hmm. yes. And from mm -hmm. a consulting perspective, mm -hmm. you probably have had to, you, you've worked both sides of that, right? It's how, how do I help a customer-facing communication become more paperless mm -hmm. or transition from paper? But then also, how do I help these organizations internally reduce the amount of paper that they they use. Oh, absolutely. We look at companies across the print spectrum, right? So anywhere from their internal print operation, internal print operations through their internal tangible print that you're just doing as typical day-to-day -day office print through the communications uh, arena. And so when looking at the day-to-day -day office print, organizations definitely are evolving to the fact of helping reduce that across the board. Everyone's driving to that. And so what we do is we look at their environment we help them assess opportunities to help reduce the number of printers and multifunction devices and mm -hmm. copiers and desktop devices in their environments and look for ways to help, you know, scan to email a lot more of the, the, the digital inbox that companies are using versus actual hard copy print. Also, there, we talk about print policies and the reduction in color the reduction, you know, most companies yep. right now are trying to die, drive to, to reduce any kind of internal color print, which also helps from a, obviously a cost standpoint. But it's really looking at ways to help just cut the tangible print cost by moving to more of a e-based document structure. In the spirit of reimagining communications, how does that change the way that employees work together when you're looking to take all of that print out of the office? Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because we are working with clients on kind of integrated digital workplace strategies. Mm -hmm. And so what it becomes is how to be more collaborative in a e-document-based environment versus tangible hard copy. It provides opportunities for more knowledge sharing and being able to find information that's difficult to find if it was always housed as tangible printed output. So you're able to have different shared structures and different assets that the employees can access and utilize with their other coworkers so that there's always the native files or information versus where, where you have uh, hard copy output versions that can be lost, not retained over time. And so we really work with clients on, on the sharing and the collaboration digitally in their environments. And also you would have a space save in the terms of regaining room for offices and, and others where you don't have file cabinets throughout the organization Correct. or yeah. you have a smaller in-house copy center, or yeah. other things like that that would, would help from 
for a business expansion within existing footprint as well. Absolutely. As you think about just the the overall knowledge that's in an organization, and when you have different resources moving on to other roles or taking on other opportunities, not having that stored in some digital aspect, you're always reinventing the wheel. So with having these type of more collaborative knowledge sharing structures, it helps improve that retention of, of the information. So if we look forward five to 10 years, how do you expect the communications market to continue to evolve? I think we're going to see the continual focus on customer and user experience. I think that's going to be a critical, continual path for a lot of our clients. I think also we're going to see continual ways to improve. How can the communications be more relevant internally? How can the processes be optimized so that they're they're getting to market as quick as possible to react to whatever the customer needs are to receive that communications. I think we're going to see, as with any organization, opportunities to find cost optimization. That's that's just critical with any company in any environment is always looking for some from cost improvements to keep competitive in, in today's environment. But I definitely see that we'll still have print, tangible hard copy print, with the continual shift to the digital communications and how can those can be maximized for the customer experience. Well, Lisa, thank you for joining today. Thank you, Matt. It was great to be here today. I'm Matt Swain, and you've been listening to the Reimagining Communications podcast. If you like this episode and think someone else would too, please share it, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe. To learn more about Broadridge, our insights, and our innovations, visit broadridge.com or find us on Twitter and LinkedIn.